Hello, everyone. Hello. Here we are again. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. I'm Candace. I'm Tyler. And let's go ahead and get into our anime news. Uh, anime news. So, um, I've got a little bit of an interesting one. I know okay. it's not anime technically. No, you're but... gonna steal mine again. Is is it the the thing about the Tokyo area? Oh no. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you keep stealing mine. It's it's not anime technically, but uh, beginning in November, I think is what it was. I read the article. Yes, yeah, set it was set to go into effect November this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire metropolitan area will be recognizing same-sex unions. Mm-hmm. Um, before then, it was kind of scattered around between, like, 13 different prefectures or something, so it was kind of, you know, you had to live in a certain area to for your union to be recognized, whatnot. Um, now, that's not saying the country as a whole is now accepting gay marriage or anything, but it is a step towards that. Yeah, happy Pride Month. So, there we go. Yeah. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> uh, mine is also technically not anime news. Uh, I guess you could consider it Pride Month related, because most people I know that are in the LGBT community like this franchise, but uh, the Persona 3, 4, and 5 games, you know, the only Persona games, are all being ported to the Xbox and Steam this year. Yeah, it's, it's weird that they started with 3, 4, and 5, you know, had to go with that Star Wars route. Yeah, you know, I know. 4, 5, 6. If Persona 2 was so good, where's Persona 2, 2? Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on. It's not like there's two different Persona 2 games, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so now all of the Persona fans out there might actually play the games. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. I've just been watching Chev play Persona 4. Yeah, so now so. you now you can watch Chev play Persona 4 Golden. Oh, snap. <laughs> it's the same game, but not. Just like Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. It's the same game, but not. Yeah. So the weird decision, I think, though, that they made was choosing Persona 3 Portable as the game that they're going to port over, which part of me kind of gets it because I think that as far as, like, story or whatever, it does appeal to a broader spectrum with the ability to uh, play as the female protagonist as well as having more interaction with the male characters, which does make it a little bit closer to Persona 4 or Persona 5. But the problem with Persona 3 Portable is that there's no cutscenes, and there's not really any animation. The entire game basically visually looks like a uh, visual novel. It, it looks like uh, Fantasy Star Online for the... What was the original system it was on? It, Sega Saturn or... No, it was on uh, Nintendo. It literally looks like a visual novel. Like, if you've ever played, like, any kind of dating sim or, like, Doki Doki or anything like that where there's not really animation, it's just, like, like 
PNGs like that change expressions and they just have dialogue boxes. That's basically what Persona 3 Portable looks like, where Persona 3 FES, which is the older game, actually does have animation and cutscenes. Because that one originally released for the PlayStation 2, so it had more capacity for that kind of stuff than the PlayStation Portable. So it feels weird that they're choosing Persona 3 Portable for this launch, considering it's graphically the inferior game. And I get... It's, it's graphically inferior, and they're porting it to a system that can literally run the entire planet. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like I said, the only, the only thing I could think of is that because you could play as the female protagonist and have the conversations with the male side characters, it does appeal to a broader audience, but at what cost? It also has a better opening. I... But, I just find it hilarious that they went with PlayStation, that they went with Persona 3 Portable, and then it's not getting a Switch release yeah. <laughs> on the on the portable system. But you know, whatever. I'm I'm not in charge of the company. Yeah, like I said, I I think it does appeal to more people, but it is graphically the inferior game. Yeah. So it. It does have better music, it does have the better OP, and it does have more story to it than the original game, but I think most people would have rather had FES with the full anime cutscenes and the graphics and all that, and being able to actually move your character around with a 3D model the way you do in P4 and P5. So it, to me, that would have made more sense. Maybe someday we'll get Switch games and we'll get an FES remake. I think we would rather have a remake than a port of it at this point anyway. Yeah. Because so, it is an older game. But Persona 3 is my favorite game, and Best Girl Igus just got a figure announcement I mean, from Papa I mean, Parade. So. The least they could do is like a... Um, not necessarily like a full-blown remake, like Final Fantasy VII, but, you know, do something like a, an HD upgrade. Yeah. You know, well, like, they, they have the assets to do it because Persona 3 Dancing came out, and they literally had to make the character models and all of the backgrounds and everything just for the dancing game. So they have the assets available. <laughs> they could just do it. They have everything they need. They literally had to make Persona 5 quality character models for the Persona 3 characters. There's no reason which, to not do which, it. Which is silly, because I would rather see, you know, the Persona 5 quality Persona 5 characters right next to the blocky PS2-era <laughs> graphics of the PS3 characters dancing together. <laughs> really put things in perspective, you know? Yeah. I also do wonder how they're going to handle the voice acting in uh the port if they're literally just not gonna redo any of the voice acting they're just gonna port over all the original dialogue because there, there is a controversy with a certain voice actor from that game so if you guys have been yep. following voice actor drama for the last 10 years you'll probably know who i'm talking about i can imagine but i'm not gonna m mention it yeah uh they who shall not be named Moving on, uh, let's get into today's actual episode, unless you had anything else to talk about. No, that was it. Right, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Uh, <laughs> so with that, let's get into today's episode, which is going to be a pretty chill episode. 
because this is just one of those anime that I don't really feel like there's a lot to talk about, but it's the last anime that we're both watching that's not a continuing series. And we're not going to be having an episode for next week because you're going to be out of state, which means that I will be here by myself and that won't be very interesting, so... Yeah. But yeah, so... Yeah, let's get into this episode. <laughs> this episode, what is what is the name of the show we'll be discussing? Uh, I feel like I'm going to mispronounce the first word. As, uh... Deamon? Deamon? Something like that. Yeah, Deamon Recipe for Happiness. Which is it's a... All, it's, all, it's all phonetic. Spell it out. D. Is it A-E or E-A? Uh, E-A-I. E, yeah. Deamon. De, de, de Deamon. Yeah, Deamon uh, Recipe for Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, like I said, this is a pretty chill anime... Uh, I've seen a lot of people, like, even ever since we did our episode on it, talking about how Shikimori is kind of a boring anime because it's super straightforward. Uh, but then I see, like, literally nobody talking about this one. So it's like, even though Shikimori has been kind of listed as, like, the most boring anime of the season, I'm like, at least people are talking about it. I've literally seen nobody talk about this anime. Yeah. So I'm like, what's worse, being an interesting anime that nobody talks about or being a boring anime that everybody's watching... Because they're curious. Uh, I'm gonna go with interesting, but nobody's talking about. And don't you say a word <laughs> about any of your other interesting anime that nobody ever talks about. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to. Jeez. <laughs> you should know better than this. <laughs> I could see it in your eyes. No. Um... I literally wasn't going to, though. <laughs> It's 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 difficult because yeah, like you said, you you can be good and not watched, or watched and be thought of as boring. Yeah, which is uh, I don't know. It's it's a difficult decision. Yeah, what would be better? And the weird thing is, like I've I've had a lot of people ask me what I've been recommending this season to watch, and I kind of want to recommend this one but at the same time i do think because of its slower pace and the fact that it's not really hitting any like major awe moments for me i think it's enjoyable but i don't really think it's something that i could put on a please watch this list and part of me kind of didn't even really want to talk about this anime this season for that exact reason but i we didn't really have anything else that we're both watching and <laughs> we needed to do an episode. So this kind of hit a little bit of a weird snag for us because I do like this anime, but I don't really know anybody that I would personally recommend this anime for. <clears throat> that's, that's how I am with a lot of shows because, uh, well, like you said, one, it's, it's, it's kind of niche. It's not necessarily one that is recommendable. Yeah. You know, like there's there's other shows, you know, like 86. I could recommend that to just about anyone over 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, like there's definitely niche shows that I feel like are just so weird that I could never recommend them to anybody because it's like, 
Oh, I would have to know that you are like an anime fan who's used to weird anime bullshit in order for me to recommend this show to you. But then this anime kind of does the exact opposite where it feels like it's so safe and tame that I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know if anybody would watch this and be like, yes, yes, this is what I needed this season. It feels like it's trying really, really hard to hit that uh, sweetness and lightning levels of fan niche, but I just, I don't know, it's so tame. Like, sweetness and lightning really had to turn up the cute factors and make us really, really just care about the characters right out of the gate, and these characters are just kind of normal people. <laughs> Yeah, um, so so on that, um, like you said, Sweetness and Lightning is another one that I can recommend to a lot of people because it really is just, just so cute. Uh, I would say this one's a little bit more comparable to uh, Poco's Udon World, mm -hmm. which is, you know, the premise of that one is, you know, a guy comes home to his family restaurant to find that you know they've they've closed down and then he finds a tanuki inside like one of the udon pots you know and the the tanuki transforms into a child and he's basically taking care of this child you know it's it's a little bit more of the found family trope rather than sweetness yeah. and lightning which is literally like father and daughter you know, it's not a found family so much. Yeah. So let's get into what this anime is actually about, because I I want to say positive things about it. So, <laughs> uh, so this anime is about a guy who gets a letter from his family back home that run a dessert shop to find out that his grandfather, who, or his father, not grandfather, his father who's currently running the shop has been checked into the hospital and, you know, they just wanted to keep him updated on, like, his father's health. And he immediately starts to worry, and he leaves his life of fantasy music dreams in Tokyo to return to his family shop in Kyoto, because he's now concerned that if his father's health takes a turn for the worst, they're going to need him to run the shop because he's his father's only son, and thus should be the heir to the shop. Okay, so, so on that, um, 100% have to, uh, commend, uh, Japan Post, because American Mail wouldn't run that fast. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, no, normally you would think, oh, my father's in the hospital, let's, let's send our son a text. But yeah. no, they, they send him a they fucking letter. They sent it by snail mail <laughs> with, like, desserts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> desserts I, I, which probably have to be refrigerated. I'd like to say that uh, Japan's not as big of a country, and thus the travel time between Kyoto and Tokyo really wouldn't be comparable to a lot of the locations in America. But then again, I've had people send me snail mail from just a couple cities away, and the U.S. Postal Service literally sent it to a different state before sending it to my address. <laughs> yep. So... <laughs> That's how it be sometimes. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, so he returns to Kyoto to his family shop 
out of concern that if his father's health takes, you know, turn for the worse, that he'll have to learn how to run the shop and be the rightful, like, heir to the family history and name, only to find out that they've taken in a girl who was abandoned at their shop and have literally been training her to be the next owner of the shop or anything to happen to the current owner because they gave up all hope on their son after he ran off to Tokyo to become a musician. As, as you do when your son runs off to be a musician. Yeah. And it also turns out that this girl's father also seemed to be a musician who ran away from Kyoto to follow his dreams, leaving his family behind. So this girl and the owners of the sweet shop tend to have that in common. But now that their son is back, he's determined to learn everything that he can about how to run the shop. And while he does respect the fact that this girl is now officially the heir to the name, he still wants to be able to run the shop with her, and he's also kind of taken the role as a surrogate father in her life. Hence the found family element. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of funny, too, because they, the parents, I guess the dad more than the mom, the, the dad kind of didn't necessarily chase him off to Tokyo, but but was basically like, oh, well, maybe running this shop isn't, you know, the right job for this kid, you mm. know? And, which is kind of true. He gets emotional about the candies and, you know, all the, all the different shit. Yeah, apparently when he was younger, it was so bad that anytime they would try to sell a dessert to a customer, he would cry and get really upset that the dessert now has to leave the shop and... He's worried about like whether or not the customers will really appreciate the dessert as much as it deserves and he hopes the dessert has a good life and went to the right people and yeah <laughs> he kind of has this whole backstory for each and every dessert that's made since they are handcrafted and there is a very intricate story behind every single dessert that they make and the show does a really really good job of going over the history and traditions surrounding all of these desserts and part of me would be very, very drawn to this kind of show for learning new things about Japanese culture and history and all of that stuff. But for some reason, I'm not retaining any of this information. And I think it's because it gets a little bit blurred between the weird slice of life story elements and nothing really stands out as being super memorable for me personally. You don't just think of all the the stories behind all the sweets just be like ah yes this sweet is shaped like a a plum blossom and represents see and normally i would be because you know me i hyper fixate on things like that whenever i'm watching a show and they're trying to teach me things i will absorb that information like a sponge i love edutainment it is so much fun to learn things when I watch anime, and it's something that I find extremely appealing. But for some reason, I feel like I'm just not interested. And I don't know if it's the show just not doing a great job of really selling me on Japanese desserts, or if I'm just more interested in this idiot and the connections that he's made with all of these different people in his life, and I just find that more appealing than learning anything about the desserts in this anime. Boy, he is kind of an idiot. He's a he? very he's, big idiot. He's, he's... Oh, boy. Yeah. So... <laughs> he's got, like, three brain cells. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it turns out that the one dessert that really sticks with me is the manju, because it turns out that he's obsessed with chestnut manju, which has a whole folklore story in Japan about it. And he loves the folklore story so much he told it to his potential bandmates, who all love the folklore story about Chestnut Manju and decided to name their band Chestnut Manju, where all of them wear <laughs> chestnut like headpieces and play rock music. They're the Wiggles. Yeah. Let's let's be honest here. They are the Wiggles. Yeah. <laughs> and during one of his very early gigs, he met a girl that was completely drunk in the middle of Tokyo. And kind of just kept an eye on her, took care of her, made sure that she wouldn't get into anything crazy. And then she started hanging out with them because she wanted to hear their music. And then started, like, just being their friend. And he made sure that she never overdrank again. And then the two of them started dating. But when he told her that he needed to go back to Tokyo, or back to Kyoto because of his family, she took that as him dumping her. Which is an absolutely hilarious misunderstanding because she took it as him dumping her. And, and he and, took and, it. And, and she was like, I can't remember what she said, but it was like basically like, I can't with you right now. Yeah, she was and like, walks out. Her exact line she said was, I prefer Western sweets anyway. Yeah. So he takes this as her dumping him. And, and he's like, well, now I have nothing to live for here in Tokyo. I'm going back to <laughs> Kyoto band, with my family. His band broke up. His girlfriend dumped him. Exactly. Girlfriend doesn't like his family's desserts. Exactly. And it, I think it's like episode three or four. She goes to Kyoto and confides in this young girl that her boyfriend in Tokyo broke up with her and now she's just wandering trying to find some meaning in her life only to find out she's now living in the same neighborhood as him and she still has feelings for him and this girl she's talking to is the same girl that's been adopted by this the got her ex-boyfriend's sweet shop owner family family yeah also, one of the high school students that works in the shop also has a crush on him because she moonlights as a YouTuber idol. And it was discovered by a lot of her followers that she works at this Rokushen sweet shop. And he basically covered for her and told her that if she wants to pursue her life as a, a musician, that he'd support her, basically. Yeah. That her high school job shouldn't be, like, what she should focus on for the rest of her life. Nor should her family make those decisions for her either. So now she also has feelings for him. Which means there's now two girls that are both way too out of their minds to admit they have feelings for him. But both have feelings for him. And he's too idiotic to realize this. And the girl is the only one who realizes this. And she feels like this is her worst nightmare. The young girl is the only one who realizes it. And it's hilarious, too, because the two girls that do like him have this weird misunderstanding of, like, like the high school girl is like, oh, yes, there, she, this, this other girl is his ex. He won't want to get back together with her. So, so I'm free. I can, I can date him. 
And like his ex is like, oh, she's too young for him. So clearly there, there's nothing that's gonna happen there. So I can be free to, you know, spend time with him. Yeah. One of the more interesting parts of this show I find is the fact that each episode is a different month. So we get to see all of the different types of desserts that get displayed throughout the year and like different seasonal treats and the history behind them. So we start off, I believe, in spring. And I think the latest episode was Valentine's Day. February, yes. Yeah, so we are going through all 12 months at this point. Mm-hmm. So starting with April and then we'll end the show probably on March. Probably. Which makes me think we might not get a season two of this, but I don't know. It feels like, again, they're playing this extremely safe as a series. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about, like, the the art of it? Because I, I know I've seen it in a few anime before where, like, the background has kind of a white border-ish. Yeah. Everything about it kind of feels like a watercolor background but with anime style characters in the foreground yeah yeah i i think it's good for this type of anime i like the idea that some of these more traditional japanese towns kind of have this old-fashioned art style tied to them uh even though this is kyoto which is one of the bigger cities in japan uh a lot of parts of kyoto are still very very old-fashioned or are still very like community-based so, like, if you try to get a job in Kyoto, you're probably not going to get the same kind of, like, business-type job that you would get in Tokyo. You would probably get something that's a little bit more of, like, this family-owned shop has been here for over a thousand years. and Or something like that. Like, you'd get a job, like, working with, like, a sweet shop or a tea shop or something that, you know, shop that, like, rents out kimonos or yukata or stuff Ah, like that. (laughs) My family has been running this bathhouse for 17 generations. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so a lot of the times, like, the types of jobs that you would take in Kyoto would be more apprenticeships than part-time jobs. It would be something that you would be wanting to learn more about that specific craft, and you would either be pining to either take over the shop or you would be hoping to bring those skills to a wider range of people in Japan, either by taking it to a different prefecture or opening up another shop somewhere in Kyoto. So yeah, that's very interesting for the girl who had to move there from Tokyo and didn't really know what to do with herself in Kyoto. Yeah. Pretty easy for somebody who has a family business there and could easily just squeeze his way back into into the family. But we also see uh, one character get introduced at one point where she is trying to take on an apprenticeship so she could become like a master craftsman at like sweet making. She doesn't have plans to stay at Ryokushen for very long, but she wants... Ryokusho? Ryokusho, something like that. The sweet shop. But she doesn't plan on staying there for super long. She just wants to learn the craft specifically from somebody she admires, who is one of the uh, dessert chefs that works there. Not the owner, but somebody else that has been brought on. The other old guy. Yeah. 
and like her dream was to learn sweets from him because I guess she like read a book about him or something like that or she's seen his work before and I think it was uh, like a college lecture or high school lecture or whatever like he went to her class and he he talked about it yeah and and she kind of just fell in love or something yeah we also have another like part-timer there who has a habit of dressing in drag. <laughs> yeah, and good times. He keeps a photo of himself, like as a girl, as his wallpaper, and while delivering an order to a customer, the customer sees his wallpaper and falls in love with the girl on his phone, and asks to be introduced to her, and it turns into a whole mess. And this... <laughs> he's just like, "No, I don't know her. You're imagining things. Yeah. Fuck off, dude." <laughs> Yeah, and it does hurt the reputation of the shop because he was being rude to a customer, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this we do see a lot of how like these tight knit communities where everybody kind of knows each other and everybody knows the shop. It's like a really famous place. Ties a lot into a little bit more of the conflicts of the show. Like one episode that was particularly sweet was a man came back to Kyoto to visit his mother's grave, but was having absolutely terrible luck with everything and knew that he wanted to go to the sweet shop because it's, you know, where they make his mother's favorite sweets. And Only found to out find out that they that day the, the shop was closed. Yeah. So he becomes an acquaintance with the main character who then gives him some of the practice sweets yeah. that he made as opposed to actually selling him sweets from the shop. Yeah. And yeah, so we do see a lot of these small stories that tie into how the community that grew up around the sweet shop and people that just remember them or have been there their entire lives and how old these sweets are and what, you know, them growing up with it or having first loves who ate sweets with them together or things like that have ultimately affected the entire community. And I really like that about this show. I like that it it does kind of have that small town hospitality to it. Yeah. But again, I feel like this show is very, very safe. A lot of the conflicts are usually resolved by let's eat sweets together or let's get that person some sweets or... Look, there is a reason that sweets solve things. Mm. It's because desserts or stressed backwards is desserts. Not in Japanese. Not in Japanese, no, but... <laughs> You eat desserts to relieve your stress. That is true. I want ice cream. See? That's what I'm talking about. Just go get ice cream when we're done with mm, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, that's really my only problem with the show. Is the reason I felt weird about recommending it to anybody or why I didn't really know what to talk about in this episode. Because this ultimately is one of the safest shows I've ever watch. There's not really a lot of conflict or drama with a few exception of the main girl constantly remembering that her parents kind of abandoned her. But that always feels like such a like B or C plot of the show. <laughs> it really does. Like there's the episode where her mom comes back from France or whatever 
And I was like, oh, I'm gonna take you back to France. And, and she's like, no, I can't. I'm gonna run this shop one day. And then I was like, oh no. Okay, I guess you can run the shop. I'm going back to France alone. I'll send you a Christmas tree. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, there's not a lot of... There's, there's not a lot to that. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, all of the problems kind of resolve themselves. Which I've noticed a lot of people complaining that that's the problem with Shikimori, is that the problems all kind of fix themselves, and it feels a little bit generic. And there's no actual drama, but I'm like, Shikimori at least has had something. Like, character almost drowns. They don't, but they almost did. You know, that's not super exciting, but it's way more than just, oh no, we need to find a chestnut head before Halloween. So he has a Halloween costume. How, how, how are we going to decorate this Christmas tree that your mother sent us from France? I think she was upset because we decorated it without her. You know, things like that, like, it's, it's not... It's not really conflict. There's no real drama in this series. It feels just super tame, even by real life standards. Like, I go through more drama in a single eight hour shift at work than this show has gone through in 11 episodes so far. <laughs> oh, it's true. And a lot of, like, the major characteristics that are really key when introducing these characters in the beginning, such as the main protagonist's uh, anxiety about selling sweets, kind of gets forgotten after that initial episode. We never really see it come back into play later. They do remind us every now and again that he has trouble selling sweets because of that, but it's not a major conflict. It doesn't really provide anything for the story, and it's... Frankly, until you brought it up in this podcast, I had forgotten that it was a thing. Yeah. And it's like, I... I don't know if there's really anything that grounds this show into making us care about it that much. And I want to, because... It's, it's I like this show. It's cute. It's just... Not attention-grabbing. Yeah. It, it lacks... You know, give us the food metaphors. It, lack, it lacks texture. It's like eating a cake that is just a sponge cake. It's not bad. You're not going to spit it out and think it's disgusting, but it's it's a sponge cake. I might. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Like, you might want some frosting on that sponge cake, or you might want, like, some nuts or something to eat with it, to give it a little bit of crunch. You might want a strawberry to put on it. You might want something to make it more than just a sponge cake. Yeah. And it's... It's, it's fine. It's just kind of... You just kind of feel that's what this show is. It's just... Yeah, it's a sponge cake. It's just a sponge cake. Yeah. Give, give us a strawberry or some walnuts or some frosting. Or something. Yeah. So it's it's not a bad sponge cake. Good job. You guys did it. Mmm, <laughs> I don't mind the taste. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So I really don't really know what else to talk about 
and I hope that by the time you come back from your trip and we're doing our seasonal wrap-up episode, I do have something else to say about it. Maybe the season finale will absolutely save this show. It it just might. I feel it's it's uh, leading up into something mm-hmm. fairly big, but hey, who the fuck knows, right? Yeah. Uh, I think if you guys are looking for a really sweet, you know, cooking anime about, you know, this father-daughter dynamic, and you're just looking to scratch that itch, uh, go watch Sweetness and Lightning. This one might not be the best one. Yeah. Like I said, we'll we'll let you guys know in our next episode in a couple weeks when we do our seasonal wrap-up, but I just don't expect fireworks from this show. And I wish I could. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I said, I'm I'm enjoying it, but same same kind of thing. It's not really attention grabbing. Yeah, and I feel like that's how this whole season has been, to be honest. It, oh boy, it really is. Yeah. Like there's there's some shows I absolutely love, like we mentioned in our last episode, that Spy X Family. I personally don't think it's gonna really get be very far beyond this season. But it's so good. <laughs> but I, but it's so good. Yeah. But it's. But that's also compared to a lineup of this season's anime that are sponge cakes. Sponge cakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it is a beef Wellington among sponge cakes, and you might beef Wellington might not be your favorite thing. You might just be like, oh, yeah, I like beef Wellington, and this is a good beef Wellington. I wasn't feeling Beef Wellington right now, and I probably won't want Beef Wellington later. But when your other options are sponge cakes, you're probably going to take the Beef Wellington. <laughs> so, What even is Beef Wellington? It is a steak that is cooked in, like, a bread. It's pretty good. If you like steak or you right. like beef, it's pretty good. Because the bread uh, not only acts as, like kind of like a heat sink to keep all of the, that like moisture in but it also adds a little bit of flavor to it. So it's like a chicken fried steak. Kinda, except like <laughs> it's the whole big piece of beef is wrapped in like a bread dough and it's cooked like a loaf of bread and then they slice it open and it looks like a rare done steak. Alright. Yeah. It's good. I'd, I'd try it. Yeah, it's good. If, if you like steak you would probably like Beef Wellington. And like I said, maybe you weren't feeling Beef Wellington, but when your other options are just kind of plain things, like dinner rolls and sponge cakes, you're going to probably take the Beef Wellington. (laughs) So, uh, I do like other shows going on this season that I've watched independently, but we will save that for our next episode. Uh, With that, we do appreciate you guys listening. Yeah. Sorry we didn't have a more interesting subject. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it happens. Be- Belle is on our list when we can find the time to both watch it. It is on our list. Oh, I, f- I saw another one that I wanted to add to our list. I'll, I'll talk about it with yeah. you later. There's a few movies that I want to check if, out soon. If so. I can remember. Yeah. So there's one that I might buy us tickets for, but I was going to ask you about it, so... With that, we'll probably have a few movie nights, and next season also looks very promising going into fall season, which is supposed to be one of the most hype seasons of the year. 
probably summer season we'll be going into. Oh, yeah, we're going to summer season. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, there's There are a few shows that I've seen, though, on the lineup that I think look interesting. I have not even looked at the lineup, so... I just keep seeing announcements pop up every now and again, and I'm like, that actually looks cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season. We will have a wrap-up next time. Everybody wish Tyler a safe vacation, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>